All right. We're here. Never Broke Again podcast with Dan the Man Chernati. Dan, we got to have a nickname. Does Dan, what was your nickname in college, Dan? Uh, <laughs> I don't know. They, they call me like Chernasty, but that's not a very flattering Chernasty? Yeah. I don't know where that came so, from. So you were, you were, were you in a fraternity? I was. Yeah. Which one? Uh, SAE. Okay. Yeah. That's a, that's a bad boy one. Right. Yeah. That was fun. <laughs> that's why you got Chernasty. Probably. <laughs> we had a, we, we had a nickname for a guy. His nickname was Herpy. Okay. I'll, I'll stick with Chernasty. It's a lot better. Yeah. So <laughs> we had, we had a, yeah, we had some, we had some rough ones. So Dan is in Medellin, Colombia. See, so are you Colombian or are you? No, I'm Italian. Italian. So an Italian guy's in Colombia. It sounds like the start of a joke. (laughs) (laughs) So an Italian guy goes to Colombia. (laughs) What's the rest of it, Dan? No, I I just, I don't know. I I love traveling. So I mean, this past year, I probably spent a total of like, I mean, even like the the last, like, not calendar year, but like since today, going back a whole year. Uh, that's weird. I do this on my screen. It looks different. Never mind. Anyway, um, it's going the other way. I probably don't know. I spent like a total of like two, three months in the States. So, okay. So, I, I like travel, dude. It's fun. Are Open you able, country. so are you able to avoid taxes that way? Or no, 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 no. I can't, can't avoid taxes, but my business is still stationed in Florida. So all the stuff still goes through Florida. I think if I set it up in like Puerto Rico, I know Puerto Rico, yes, it's still a state, but they have um, very, very cool tax um, incentives to go to Puerto Rico where you actually wouldn't be taxed on. Uh, I forget exactly how they do it. Um, but no, I, I still do have to pay U.S. taxes, which sucks. But you're only there three months out of the year. That's that's not a lot. That's a lot. of. That's like 270 days of traveling. Yeah, yeah, I think there's, I don't know, something in there where you can write off like X amount of dollars if you didn't actually live in the States for X amount of time. I haven't really yeah. but my business is still stationed in Florida. So like all, all the money is still being generated in the States. So I think that might, I don't know, I haven't talked to anyone about it, which I probably should because tax season is not going to be friendly. Yeah. So you're spending nine, how old are you? Uh, 29, just turned 29. Okay, so you you still got you got you got a couple years you, left. <laughs> you have the freedom yeah. to travel. I do. It's I, I enjoy it quite a bit. I've been down here, yeah, pretty much all over. I just gotta go to Antarctica. And I'll, I'll be at all all of them. All time. What's that? I just got, I gotta get over to Antarctica soon. That, that's gonna be my goal. For- oh, do you know that I have a contact for you that you can connect with? on how to do that. Cause that is not an easy task. No. So, I mean, that'd be sweet. I would definitely take that up. Cause I'll be in Argentina again in a couple months. I'll go down to Ushuaia, which is like the, the most Southern point down there. And that's, it's not too, too far to Antarctica, but it's still not easy to, to get there. So how many countries have you been to in the last, I'm guessing you've done this for at least a couple of years now or. Yeah. I mean, really new? since I was, so probably for the last five years, I've been bouncing around quite a good bit. Even when I was at my corporate job, I was all over like um, Australia, Middle East. And then I did a lot of travel on the, the other side of the, the, the world. 
then and then now since I've been working for myself for like three years, it's the first year, year and a half was all stateside. But now I've been doing it a lot of travel to Central and South America. But I don't know. I, I've been to probably 30, 40, 50 countries somewhere in there. Do you want to hit like 100 or? Yeah, if that happens, it happens. <laughs> okay, so know. it's just kind of like how it's going. Yeah, wherever I want to go, I'll get a one-way ticket and figure the rest out later. Yeah. So are you staying, where are you staying? Like in hostels? Are you staying in? No, I like to think I graduated from the hostel life. Um, but... Okay. You make too much money then. That's what it comes down to because you only graduated if you make enough money. <laughs> well, it, it, it's really, especially if you're living in like South America, I mean, I say like decent Airbnbs, but um, sometimes I do like a co-living just because actually I like the environment sometimes of co-living right. where it's actually just a lot of people that are like like-minded or they got their own marketing business. They day trade and they did, you know, they make their five, 10 K a month and then they just chill and they talk to other people. Um, so it's, it's kind of cool just meeting folks at a co-living spot like that. But sometimes I'll just pick up an Airbnb, but you can get a pretty solid Airbnb down really anywhere. Even on, if you did like something outside Airbnb, it could be like five, 600 bucks a night or not a night for a month for like a nice spot in the middle of the city. Oh, really? Yeah. But like even the Airbnb life, do you like, I, it's, it's not that bad. I, mean, I can get a dope spot down here for like two three grand a month and like it'd be like a penthouse in the middle of the city and so it, it's yeah. really too bad to I me mean, my, my rent up in jacksonville was like 2500 bucks for a one bedroom um yeah it, it's really not that much different doing an airbnb down here if you want to say like a pretty nice spot well, it's better because you're in like medellin but yeah like I mean, one of those hours, I a dope spot down there for a bit Really, I mean, it's all very affordable. And then also the cost of living is just dirt cheap. I went out last night, went to like a nice sushi restaurant, loaded up on sushi appetizers and a couple drinks, and it was like 30 bucks after tip. Um, yeah. Like the same spot. What is they this view? Let me see this down, view. That was, two, that was two of us. And then I went down, I was in Argentina, like a really sweet steakhouse down in that. It's called Bariloche. It's called Alberto's. If you guys ever go down, let me know. I got some good recommended. Really nice steakhouse, like up at a like higher higher end. Um, I got a filet mignon that brought out two fillets, a boatload of bread, a yeah. salad, and a glass of Malbec. And after tip, it was like thirteen bucks. <laughs> and this is in Argentina. What city? Uh, that was down in Bariloche. But even in Buenos Aires. Well, right now uh, Argentina is getting some pretty shit going on in their economy where their their dollars deflating quite a bit they put like kind of what happened actually in in um china and current recently canada actually where the banks are putting a lot of regulations in terms of how much you can take out of the banks and as soon as that happens well that devalues your currency because now people can't use the money that they've been saving that they think they had well people who are elsewhere so actually right now the the argentinian economy not not too good um black like black market Currencies are popping up, even though it's still fully legal tender that you're getting. Um, but like there's black markets for it because people don't want the Argentinian peso anymore. They, they'd rather mm. have US dollars. So they're, they're trying to offload their stuff as soon as possible. So if you ever go down to Argentina, do not pay with a credit card. Do not pay with a debit card. Do not go to a bank to do an exchange. Go to like a Western Union or literally just find someone on Instagram and they'll have like people where you, they'll, they'll deliver you money like it's a, it's a drug deal. And they'll just deliver you a bunch of cash. Like if you go down there, Andrew, and they, let's say you spend a dollar, if you went to the bank, they give you like 100 Argentinian pesos back. They call it the blue dollar. So you go exchange it at the blue dollar rate, and instead of getting 100 pesos, you get like 200 pesos. Um, so it doubles your money. And even since I was there just a couple months ago, it went up to almost 300 pesos. 
which means for it's great for Americans, but it's not good at all for people getting mm. paid an Argentinian wage. That sucks. Mm. Yeah. But very cheap. Argentina is beautiful. It's really like a Europe down in South America. Absolutely gorgeous. Interesting. Interesting perspective. I used to travel a lot, so I can I can remember the U.S. dollar was kind of coveted to an extent, depending on where you were at. But uh, so you would give over like ten bucks or hundred bucks U.S. dollar, you get three hundred pesos back, mm. and then the cost of living's a lot lower there. Oh yeah, I just got back. Um, my girlfriend and I we just got back from coffee just down here. I got two coffees. She got two teas, and it was like three, four bucks. Well, I go like somewhere in Jacksonville, you got a coffee. It's like seven, eight bucks. You know, by the time you leave a dollar tip for a decent coffee. Two coffees and two teas would be probably $15. 20, At yeah, least. 15 yeah, bucks. Yeah. Especially if you're staying like a nice, like not staying, but if you go to like a nice, like not restaurant, but a nice coffee shop where you can actually work and do some stuff, they're probably going to charge you four, five, six bucks per coffee. Yeah. Somewhere not yeah, but yeah, that would have been like thirty bucks down here was like four or five. So the, the cost of living is way cheaper. So if you if you there's people that come down here just living on social security, making three, two, three grand a month and live large down here. So so you're 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 hacking the tree. You got travel hacks going on, clearly. So what but you're also you're selling insurance because I see your videos on Instagram and they're hilarious, like with the sombrero. And I'm like, what the hell? And and you're blowing up. Are you you know, like you're getting are these like real likes or are they these we we getting bot like Instagram is not hundred percent authentic, just being real. <laughs> okay. Um, yeah, whatever it is, I think I think the videos are hilarious and educational. For what it's worth, I think they're hilarious and educational. So I'm like, this guy, we got to have this guy on. Yeah, dude, appreciate it, man. I, I'm following the, the whole, I don't know why it took me years to figure it out, but it's a whole Gary Vee stuff. Just like give educational free content out there. You do it and you do it well, it will come to you. And yeah. we did it for a couple months and it's a lot of work getting social media content out there. Yeah, right. It's not yeah, how many videos are you doing? A day. How many videos? Like, are you um, out? just like one, two video. One, like, dude. So one, we just started doing new stuff. So it's, very, it's working really well on TikTok. Honestly, just posting like a little blurb on a screen, um, which it makes it look like you just posted a Twitter or something. One of mine just got three hundred thousand views. I'm like, my goodness, this is nuts. I just literally took two minutes to, to make this, but we're, yeah. we're working on getting two out on TikTok each day. Instagram, where I'm just putting one out a day, um, but. Yeah, they're working on at least one, about four or five original a week. But now that we're starting to get a lot of content, a lot of the content you see, dude, I've actually posted that a couple times. So could you hire, could you hire somebody cheaper out there, like a videographer, since everything's so cheap wherever you're at? Couldn't you hire somebody to just follow you around? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I am working on that as well. Talking about that, my girlfriend's actually coming in, and she helps me out with that stuff. You're like, hey, well, what is my girlfriend going to do then? <laughs> um, well, no, so the, the videography stuff, it, it's not a matter of just like following. It used to be when I was just like straight recruitment mode. It was following around like, I was, oh, how cool is this? Travel from wherever and do whatever you want. Make your own whatever. And that more was like almost like a paparazzi stuff. But here, dude, it's, it's really, it's not, I just have like a tripod. I just record myself and just let it yeah. rip. And she'll help me actually make the videos in terms of, 
putting them all together because it, it takes a long time to, to make this between making the script and then cutting all the videos. Um, it's not the simplest thing to, to get those out there. So, so are you getting an ROI? Time. Are you getting some leads from this? Oh, hundreds and hundreds. Okay. Um, a lot of it's coming on TikTok. Yeah, well, we okay. had now we, in my we have, we have my account and two other accounts, and right now we're feeding about five six agents full time. So you're posting twice? Did you say on TikTok a day? Twice, three times, um, and once on, on Instagram a day. Twice. So do you think that's why TikTok is doing better because you're no, posting more? I, I just think TikTok, I, I believe TikTok's is just a way better platform to, to generate leads. Um, a lot more people are using it for reels. Um, it's a lot easier to get a lot of views on TikTok, and they, I just think TikTok's a better platform for that type of stuff. For what type of stuff? Business. Okay. In terms of generating leads, I see TikTok way better. Yeah. Uh, at least that has been our experience. With so, it. what's we, the most leads you generated off a video? Um, I don't know, a couple hundred. Off one video. Mm -hmm. Wow. And that's free. That's basically free, free leads. Yeah. Just sweat equity. So yeah, it takes, it's free. Like I'll have agents come over, Dan, I want to do what you do. You're not paying for leads. I'm like, yeah, well it's true, but like, it's not really true because it takes a lot of time and effort. The sweat yeah. equity. That's what like, I said. Yeah. You value your time. It's a grind. It's work. Yeah, and then they'll start doing it for a week or two, and then like, oh, this didn't work, and they stop doing. It. Like, no shit, it didn't yeah. work. It did. If you just went to the gym, Andrew, for like two weeks and just did biceps two weeks straight, your biceps aren't even going to look bigger. Yeah, okay, well maybe you're an exception. <laughs> but it's I just started same. working my biceps again. Cool. So maybe you're a hundred percent of an exception. I've been working my biceps for years, and they still look. Let's see him. Let's see your biceps. Uh, <laughs> hey, um, good, but. It's, it's it's consistency is the name of the game with everything. If you're not going to be consistent, they all even tell people like whether it's just being an agent on the social media side, like dude, if you ain't going to be consistent, just like stop. Like don't even waste your freaking time, like doing this. If you're going to get an insurance or just just stop, just you know, yeah, just go be a couch potato. You'll literally have better success doing a couch potato than trying to do something for a couple days, a couple weeks, and see if it works. Yeah, it's it's tough. I even I've I've attempted to do. I, you know, grabbing old content and then just putting it out there too and do two, three videos. And then you're like, shoot, I put everything out there. I got to make new content. And you're like, okay, if it doesn't hit, it's like, all right, well, it's not hitting and kind of, you got to, I, I kind of get like, I'm embarrassed a little bit, you know, I'm like, all right, like that, that's kind of like for me. So I'm like, ah, so I slow down. I'm like, am I putting out, I don't know. It's just, I guess I feel like it's just, it's a job, right? It's just, you got to so, do it. It is a hundred percent a job. Um, yeah. Also, um, yeah, see, but yeah, so check out this book, dude. I'm about to, I read this book and it does great job in terms of kind of identifying how to market yourself. Okay. freaking love it. It's called building a story brand. Yeah. Donald uh, Miller. Love him. Yep. Exactly. Yeah. But he does a great job at actually like how to identify people. Um, like who, who are you targeting? What are their pain points? Which Isn't this is the one where they're like, Dan's the hero. Exactly. And I'm the guide. I, mean, I can never be the hero, right? So on my Instagram, on like all the TikToks and Instagrams, I'm getting out, I cannot be the hero. 
But dude, if you just look at me like, oh, I got the biggest kahunas around. I'm just so good at what I do. Like, dude, you're not going to trust me. Right. I want to figure out what your pain points are. I just want to educate. You're the you guide. Them. You're the guide, right? That's the book says. Exactly. You're the guide and the, the customer is the hero, correct? Yep. It's kind of like, okay. yes, exactly. The customer is always the hero. You are, Andrew, are always the guide. And we just got to help you know, figure out what someone's pain points are. Pair that up with the $100 million offer by Alex from Rosie, another phenomenal book here. But you know, he always goes over how to, and I think those, those two books go very, very well together. Because we'll talk about taking someone's like problems and turning that problem into a solution. You know, so like, let's say you want to get healthy, but you know, eating, eating healthy takes a lot of time. That's one of your prohibitors. Well, he sells a solution, how to cook a healthy meal in under five minutes. Right. So he's yeah. the guy, you're the hero. He's just helping you do that. So I think those, these two books actually go, it's just, I, I got, I got, so you're, you're just, you're just traveling. You're just like, I'm traveling to wherever there's no, rhyme or reason to where you're going you're just like just going well my girlfriend lives in medellin so that's a big reason i come down to medellin a lot um, where'd you meet her where'd you meet her medellin <laughs> is she there with you yeah she's here right now <laughs> she's right over here she just got so back. have no. you ever here here's a book recommendation have you read blue zones yet i haven't heard of that no go, go ahead and write that one down I mean, put it in here. I'm, I'm just finishing the four-hour work week. I'm gonna, Paris. yeah, you're gonna like this one better. What was it? Blue bones. Blue, blue zones. Blue zones. <laughs> so blue. I would recommend. So they go to five. This guy Dan Butner goes to. Uh, he did research on five or six areas in the world where the most hundred people live to a hundred years old, and he studies. What's that? Where was it at? Like somewhere in like Tibet or? Oh, I don't have the book in front of me, but um, one is in Loma Linda, California, because it was an Adventist society. Then another was, I believe, in Okinawa. And then one was in Greece, Icaria, Greece. Um, and Sardinia, I think Sardinia. But they go, they go through exactly how like the percentages are through the roof in some of these areas of how many live to a hundred years old. And, um, and then he studies what they eat and what they do. And there's just so many commonalities in these five societies. And, um, it's very interesting because you're in Medellin, you probably eat differently. So I think I, I kind of, you know, there's some similarities there. Like black beans is like, should be like a staple in your diet. If you want to, have good health and just you know <laughs> cut fast food cut soft drinks cut all that crap out and um and and they have specific meals how they what they eat and i don't know i i've adapted to some of it but uh yeah that's pretty cool you know, i'm looking they have some food guidelines and stuff on there yeah i would i would be like go visit these places <laughs> i'm the guide i'll be the guide here for you i would be like go visit these I mean, the I believe Butner is based out of Miami. I've talked to him a couple of times. Yeah, I think I already ate enough meat like, according to his guidelines for the whole year. <laughs> Basically, they're like eat burritos and black beans forever. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, you know, cool. uh, breakfast like a champion, lunch like a popper, dinner like a prince, like less, like bigger, medium, small, large, medium, small, you know, kind of like. Yeah. 
I don't know. I just kind of see that as the travel. I don't know. I'm just kind of like maybe see. I, I try to keep it fairly simple. I just eat my and try to get a smoothie in for lunch, a salad, and something for dinner. So as long as I do that, I'm happy. Well, the, yeah, these will give you more of maybe um, cultured options, you know. Yeah. But um, if if you're near any of them, I don't know if you are. I'd have to look. You probably are. But um, so tell tell give us like one of these scenarios on Instagram that you have that are like I find hilarious because you're like a, a Mexican cowboy or something, and you're you're doing and you speed up the give us one of these. I, I don't really understand insurance. You know, I kind of do, I kind of don't. And I I honestly I don't. I never really cared because I never thought I'd I'd die. You know, but then I started watching yours. I'm like, this guy's making it funny. So I started listening. I'm like, okay, maybe there's value here, and. But my attention span is really short. Yeah. Short. So, so insurance, right? There's a few different types of insurances. You got what's called like a term policy, right? Which is the cheapest way to get a boatload of coverage in place at the end of that time. It's done. You now, some people employ a strategy, buy term, invest the rest. I ain't saying there's anything wrong with that. I, I currently have that myself. Um, how I look at it. You know, like market accounts versus a life insurance is a retirement tool because there's also what's called permanent insurance, which that's where I do most of my business through. You know, your typical market accounts, it's like riding do a you have, Do you have these? Do you own one of these as well? Yep, I do. Okay. I have my own personal investments and I, I put about three, four grand a month into also cash value life insurance as part of my retirement tool as well. Um, so obviously I am not a financial advisor. So if anyone's listening to this, please don't take it financial advice. Go talk to Josh and Andrew uh, on that side of things. But it, here's just personally what I do. The market's always fluctuating. That's where I'm typically going to see the big gains on any type of market account. Uh, that's my growth strategy. For me, my cash value life insurance is going to be more like my my steady growth. You know, I'm not expecting to, to blow the smokes off the water with it. It's just, it's literally acting like my savings account on steroids. Dude, a bank eats your money alive. If you just keep money in your bank, you're just pissing away money every single day because they're, they're giving you like 0.01% return on your money, which you have to pay taxes on. So even if you have like a boatload of cash sitting in there, it gets you and the family enough to like get a medium pizza pie after mm -hmm. at the end of the year. Yeah. So that's where the, the cash value really, really just helps instead of putting in my money account i dump my extra into cash value life insurance so so we I have term so we have term yeah. and cash value those are the two options correct so at a high level so you have term over here and then you got what's called permanent insurance over here with okay. inside permanent insurance there are two basic types of insurances you have what's called an indexed universal life policy and you have a whole life policy um, whole life, if any of you guys are on here and you're looking at using whole life for a retirement tool, make sure you use what's called participating whole life from a mutual company, not a stock company. Mutual company, what that means, Andrew, is that the, the policy holders are the actual shareholders. So the earnings go back to the policy holders. If it is owned by a stock company, meaning it's like publicly traded, well, their shareholders are investors. So their primary duty is to serve the investors. So I always like working with mutual companies and really on both sides of the scale. But that's where whole life typically comes in. Whole life, you're pretty much going to be guaranteed, you know, three, four percent growth. So there's a little bit less growth on it, but it's pretty much guaranteed. Like you're you're pretty much locked in. You still have your cost of insurance in place. In IUL, 
that's what I personally have myself. It is a linked to what's called an index account on the growth side of things. So the, the money's gonna be linked to some type of index, not invested in it, but linked to it. So it has more potential for growth. And it comes with what's called a 0% floor. So like if the markets tank like they did right now, we didn't make any money, you just didn't, you didn't lose 20, 30, 40% potentially of a portfolio. Um, you still have your cost of insurance in place. Like it still does cost to maintain the policy where if you ever get sick, like if you ever got a stroke, heart attack, cancer, liver failure, kidney disease, there is a payout to that as well. Um, and obviously the death benefit always tax-free to, to kids or to whoever your beneficiary is. But kind of how I look at it, if you had like a seesaw right here and you had death benefit on this end and you have cash value on this end. Some people have with this, all death benefit, no cash value, term policy. If we kind of met somewhere like this, you still have a decent bit of death benefit, little cash value. Imagining you're, you know, you're putting in the same amount of month. So then let's imagine Andrew, that you're putting in a thousand bucks a month and you just push the death benefit as far down as we can legally go. And then most of that thousand bucks is going to go to the cash value growth because now your policy is a lot less expensive to maintain. You're putting in the same amount, but your policy is a lot less. Like you don't, you don't have the money of death. Benefits. So most of that thousand bucks will now go towards the cash value. And that is typically the types of strategies that we employ. And it's not meant again to blow the smokes off the stock. It's not meant to outperform it. It never will. And it's, this is not an investment legally. So that's, that's pretty much how in a nutshell that will work. Well, he, here's the thing. I've got friends and wealthy friends, right? And they, they talk about infinite. I think it's infinite banking, infinite banking. life insurance. And they, 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 they swear by this methodology and it's nothing I, I'm like, all right, it's just something I, I don't know, really. So is that is that what IUL is? So very similar. So true infinite banking is done through what's called a participating whole life policy because you're typically guaranteed the gains on the account. And then when you take the money out, it's kind of just a wash, you know. So IUL is not true infinite banking, but it works very very similar so like let's say you have it kind of very similar to like a securities back line of credit right where you can take the 50k out of your securities account at a very low interest rate but the money's still growing inside of the account so like let's say you had a hundred thousand bucks sitting inside your life insurance contract and you took out forty thousand dollars from it boom you put 40k in your bank account well you're not taxing that 40k right because you took a loan out against it just like if you did a cash out refi on a house mm -hmm. boom you got that 40k in your account Right now, let's say the loan rate, it, the loan rate can vary based by company. Sometimes it'd be 1.5%, sometimes 4%, 5%, 6%, just depends what company you're working with and the structure of the loan. Let's say right now it's 4%. Let's say the cash, that same 30, 40K, whatever we're talking about, is still sitting inside your account, accumulating interest. If it's inside of an IUL, it could be anywhere between 0% to 15%. It just, it, it, or higher, it just, again, depends the strategy that we employed. So your money is still sitting inside the account. Let's say it's growing at 7%, the loan's at 4%. So instead of making seven, you take the seven minus the four, you're still up on average. And this is again, very oversimplification, but you're still up a couple percentage, even though you took the money outside of the contract. Right. Um, so it's, it's a, that, that's how I personally use it. You know, here in a couple of years, I'll be able to start buying, you know, Airbnbs pretty much every single year out of my insurance contract because the money's still on average sitting inside the account accumulating interest. Right. So is the, you said it's making seven, is that fixed or is that 
No, 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 no. no. So if you did like inside of a whole life contract, there will be more fixed. So whole life will be less growth and more guarantees. You know, anytime you mm -hmm. typically guarantee something, you're going to have like, just like if you do like a, a treasury bond or something, right? It's low growth, low risk, lots of guarantees. The more time you typically guarantee anything, it's going to have less growth because whoever's guaranteeing it, they got to cover their ass. Um, mm -hmm. so life What's the highest guarantee available? Yeah, highest guarantee. It, it's kind of. I don't know if I know the answer to that one, but um, what do you think it is, or do you do you have any idea? So an IUL, there's the highest guaranteed you could put it to. Sometimes you can do like a fixed four or five percent, where mm -hmm. boom, that is not fixed at four or five percent growth. Mm -hmm. um, so you you can do something like that. I don't know. I don't know all the companies and all the different ones out there. Um, whole life probably going to be somewhere similar around four or five, six percent, almost fixed rate growth on that. And it, it just depends. It, it can also vary in terms of how it's structured. Um, but that, that's probably where you're going to see that the highest growth that IUL, you typically want to, they'll have floors in place and how low can the money go? So that'll mm -hmm. either be zero percent, one percent, two percent, could be three or four percent, just the more again guarantees that you put on it, they typically also put what's called a cap on it. How high can you go? So like, mm. let's say there's a cap of nine percent. Well, if the markets went up twenty percent, you're capped at nine. You see nine yeah. percent. So if you're putting more guarantees in the floor, the, the cap typically goes lower. Just because now even when the market's down, they're they're still guaranteeing you. So where does the money go? that I'm investing. So your money is never getting invested. Well, you are never investing the money. Mm -hmm. And so the insurance company will take the money and I mean, they are professional investors. They'll probably do calls, puts, shorts, mm. different options, option trading. So they're pretty much doing the same thing that the bank does. Mm -hmm. They are professional investors. You know, the bank, your money to the bank is a liability. Now, if your money is just sitting in the bank, well, the bank's got buildings and staff and, everything they're paying, they ain't making any money if they're not doing something with it. Same concept is true inside of an index universal life. They'll link your growth to a specific like index account, like an S&P 500, but your money is never actually going inside the S&P 500. Your growth will be attributed to some like performance of an S&P, but it's never truly actually getting invested in the S&P 500. The insurance companies, but they're, they're professional investors. They're doing whatever they do best. And, making a lot more money off the money that you give them. Well, that's a head. That sounds like they're running a hedge fund. If I said yes, I'd, I'd probably lose my license to that. I don't know, to be honest. Right. Uh, I mean, that's what it sounds like. I, I don't know. And to be honest, I, I, I know they do like shorts and options. Like they're, they're literally professional investors yeah. with money. So they're doing whatever they do best and making you know, they're giving you four or five percent. Well, dude, they probably made 15, 20 percent. Yeah. Off it. Gave you five, six. Right. Interesting. So people buy these policies. So they, they, uh, you do the scenarios. You're like, oh, I, here, I'm 42, Dan. Are you able to pop off a scenario for me or do you need to like do yeah. research? You know what I mean? Because I see you do these with people and they're like, hey, give me a, a scenario. Uh, you know, they give you age and what else do they give you? I don't know what else. Age and how much you want to put in a month. What's the maximum? 
maximum there really is no maximum i mean we have clients that'll put in a couple million bucks a year um okay and once you get into that sphere too there's actually really cool stuff you can do in what's called premium financing where if you're putting in like a hundred thousand bucks let's say a year a bank will step in and put another nine hundred thousand bucks in so your cash value is exponentially growing and there are creative ways to also make that friendly on tax time too um, whoa, whoa, wait. So why are they allowing that much leverage? It, it banks will do it. It's called premium finance. Yeah. It's very like very uh -huh. similar to what's like the whole process is going to be very similar to like a closing on a house. Yeah. Um, you know, so if I give, if I invest, if I'm like, all right, I'm I'm committing 100k a year, right? Mm -hmm. The bank is gonna you're gonna facilitate a bank step in and push another 900 grand in chips into my account. Yep. And then what? And they'll do that for like, let's say the first five, six years. So that way your cash value is now growing off of a heck of a lot more money. Right. Uh, now it's growing off your money and all the banks money that they're putting in there. So obviously right. there's going to be some more nuances in there. You got to post some correct collateral typically for it as well. They, they got to make sure that you're good for the money. Um, there's also ways. How much, what kind of collateral are they looking for? It, it, it all is going to depend based on how much they're, they're leveraging how much you're, you're leveraging. So it'll depend. The, the guy that was, he had a post like 230K this first year and it'll go down over time too. Um, but it's pretty much the difference between like the loan and what you have sitting there in cash. Typically after five, seven years, there's no more collateral that needs to be posted. Um, but those are also pretty cool. You know, you are getting a loan from a bank, right? So we got to make sure it's it's very it's structured properly at the beginning. But if you're a business owner and you're putting that 100K, there's also creative ways that we can legally um, have the 100K come off, like you're not going to get taxed on the hundred K. So I'm investing a hundred K into wh which policy term permanent or IUL. And then I got whole when it comes with insurance. I've got some choppy notes here. <laughs> yep. So it's never legally called investing when we talk about insurance. Okay. So what do I say then? Yep. So <laughs> dude, it's so weird. Um, but it's, you know, let's say you're putting, you know, a couple grand a month. Into well, I, I want to go off this 100K idea, right? Yeah. So if I contribute 100,000, do I do that monthly or do I do that at one time? You could do. So that, that would be how the, this client set up was annual. Okay. So, so if I contribute, if I contributed 100K, the bank is going to give me another 900 and then I get guaranteed gains. I get guaranteed 5% off the million. Still not. I mean, you can make it guaranteed. But again, less, more guarantees, less growth. So right. I'm 42, so I'm more risk averse, right? Yep. So we might look at, if, if you don't really like that much risk, we might look at something more like a whole life contract. That is not my wheelhouse. Um, what is your wheelhouse? I want to go to your wheelhouse. Mine's going to be an indexed universal life contracts. So, okay. So, so put me in one of those. Guys. If you were 50, 55, we'd get on the teeterings. You know, is it, do we want to go whole life or IUL? How I look at it is if you got like a, an XY axis and let's say you got, um, th this is down here is uh, risk over here. We got growth. Now, if you have something up here, like way out here, this is going to be like stocks, you know, higher risk, high growth. And I'm not saying risk is only as risky as the shit you don't know. You know, so for folks like you and Josh, this ain't risky over here because you, know, you guys know what you're doing. 
You know, for Joe Schmo, it's just throwing random money away. Like, okay, cool. He's like, I couldn't go buy a business like Warren Buffett does right now. To him, it's not risky, but to me, it is. But you got stocks, bonds over here. There's not bonds, stocks. Over here, you got like just bank accounts, you know, very low risk, low growth. Whole life's going to be more on this side of things. Very lower growth, but also very low risk. And IUL is just slightly over on here. Slightly higher risk, but also higher growth. Um, mm -hmm. Still, I wouldn't classify it as a risky vehicle unless you got to make sure it's set up properly. That's one of the bad things, Andrew, where sometimes agents, they don't know what the F they're doing with these products. And it can be bad. Um, but it's all matters how we set it up at the very beginning. Like if you're getting a boatload more insurance than you actually need, like that, that's no bueno. Um, mm -hmm. But let's say you were doing. What, what, about, what about the premium financing that you mentioned? What is that? That would probably be a little bit more to the right of an IUL. Well, what, what is that following? Is that term permanent or IUL? Oh, that's going to be IUL. Okay. I believe you might be able to set it up with a, that again, when I go, we get that high of cases, I typically put that to like the, the folks that deal with millions of dollars of cases typically, um, but you need all different software for that. I typically work with folks that are putting anywhere between a couple hundred a month to a couple thousand. And that's going to be mm. my more middle to upper America. And then once we get to folks that are putting a hundred, 200 K a year, that's when we bring in some very, Higher end folks to figure, hey, is that is that where John would come in? John, our buddy John, or is he? No, is that still no he, he's going to be more um, whole life, term life in terms of um, like buying leads, making phone calls. When we get to there is another John, but not the same John that you are thinking of. Um, Got it. Yeah. All right. And then so let's say you're putting in two thousand bucks a month. The, the, okay. Fine. We'll, we'll, we'll settle. We'll settle at that. We'll settle at that. Yeah. Go ahead. Whenever you guys are we're looking at IULs, we typically want to use what's called an increasing death benefit as well, Andrew. But what that means is your death benefit is way, way lower at the beginning, but it's going to step up every single year. Typically, that is what we would want to do. Um, inside of an insurance contract, you can create what's called a mech. So, like Andrew, and let's say you only had a thousand bucks of death benefit in place and you're putting in two grand a month. Right off the bat, you're going to create what's called a MEC. It's a modified endowment contract. In layman's terms, that means you just turned your policy from being tax advantage under tax code 7702 to now it's taxed as an investment. You're going to be paying taxes on the money that you take out from it. We typically want to avoid that. So there is a minimum amount of insurance we have to get in place. With the increasing death benefit, what that does, it pretty much almost makes your policy an investment every single year, but it doesn't actually let it do it. So you're always putting in as much as we can at the in, in terms of the policy. So let's say you did something like that. And let's just say you, you put into it until you are, you know, let's say 20 years. So let's say you put into it for 20 years. And there's one company that we work with that's pretty cool. You can turn on what's called a lifetime income benefit, which pretty much means you're annuitizing your policy meaning you're going to get a guaranteed tax-free income stream for the rest of your life. Like you literally couldn't outlive it. Um, not that it'd be anything crazy here, but let's say you paid into this thing until, you know, 20 or for 20 years until you're 61, you'd be projected to get roughly 55,000 bucks a year tax-free for the rest of your life. Okay. Okay. So, and how much do I have to contribute a month to do that? 2,000 a month? 2,000 a month. So twenty four grand a year for twenty years. Yep. So what does that, that come out to? Twenty four 
480k. So that's only 480. Mm. 480. Yep. Okay, so that's a little over 10% compounded over over 20 years. That's good. That's pretty good. So again, okay. you know, it's not meant to blow the smokes off of anything else. It's it's just a way to that you can still see a steady growth. So do I get the 55, was it 50,000 or 55? Right around 55. So, and they illustrate the growth that five points. I get it immediately. Do I get it? Do I get it over time or do I get it only at the end? You you could get it however you want, however you would structure it. So if you wanted to get it every month, you get every month. If you wanted to get it every year, they'd write you a check for every, every year. Um, Really, however you want to structure that. And then it's since you're taking money out via loans, that 55k is all tax free as well. So like you're not paying taxes on that. It's not reportable income. Loans are not income. So you're not reporting taxes on that 55k either, which mm. can help a lot come tax time. Because if you're actually making too much money, reportable income, when you guys or when anyone goes to retire, up to about 85% of your social security will now be taxable income as well. And this is called what? This would just be called an indexed universal life. But whenever you're doing it, there's there's many different ways to set up an IUL. This would be you, you max fund it. What is the most amount of cash value that I can generate? And what is the least amount of insurance that I can get? For example, here, dude, you, you only have like 450K of life insurance in place at 2000 a month. People are like, well, damn, that's not a lot of insurance. Like, no freaking shit. I don't, we don't want that much insurance in place. Because if you had a two, three million, four million dollar death benefit, it's a lot more expensive to maintain that. So a lot less right. of your, your money is going to go to the cash value. We want as little as possible. Um, sometimes that's people want to kind of meet in the middle. That's yeah, it just depends where we want to go. I have a lot of folks that want to kind of meet somewhere in the middle. You know, they got a family. They still want some death benefit in place, like a little bit more than, you know, 200 grand. But it really just is a case-by-case basis based on what someone's goals are. And sometimes we'll even link it up with the term policy. Now, hey, you know, you only really need a lot of death benefit for the next 10 years. You know, your daughter's 12, you know, in the next 10, 15 years, she'll be out of the house. We won't be financially responsible for her anymore. So let's just put it out to, you know, 10, 15 year term policy in place, get an extra million bucks for like 70, 80 bucks a month, if that. And that way your insurance is covered too. So it really just depends kind of on Based on goals. Dude, it's, no, it sounds good. It sounds like a good deal. I, I got to probably look into this more with you. But so what are you looking for? Are you looking for clients? Or are you looking to recruit agents? Or are you looking for both? Um, dude, I, I used to be full of recruitment mode. Honestly, not anymore. Um, now, dude, I just kind of go in the off the Al Capone. I'd rather have four quarters than 100 pennies. And as soon as I started doing that, focusing on more of the process, the folks that we're bringing on board and just really training them up to speed. So like I just spent a couple of weeks in Mexico with my cousin. We did a lot of one-on-one training. I'm onboarding a, another one of my friends right now. So you're, you're quality over quantity. Is that what you're? Yeah, dude. And as, the, the, as soon as I started doing that, the income freaking went through the roof. Yeah, know, really focusing on one person. So then what are you doing with all those those leads? I'm sure some of them are not good, you know, on TikTok. Are you passing yeah. them on to your people or are yeah. you actually reaching out? I'm working out? on not, yeah, so I'm actually, I'm working on getting myself out of the field here. 
you know, not because I don't like doing it, but because I want to help other people, you know, experience what I'm experiencing. It, it, it still is a very, very cool product. And just for your reference, dude, like let's say you were putting in 2000 bucks a month. So that's 24 K for the year. How you structure these things means everything. If I mm. structure it like a bozo, my, and it, it wouldn't be that, that bad in terms of the long run, but my payout would have been like close to 17, 18 K off that. How we structure it this way. Yes. You're putting in 24 K. My total payout would be like six, 7,000 bucks. If you're putting in that one time upfront, that that's it. That, that's my commission. That is it. There's no residuals in terms of my, my end of things. Mm-hmm. But so we're working with some pretty cool stuff. It's very freaking cool for the clients. So I feel like I'm really giving back a good service. And then I do get taken care of well, being that I work with more middle high end folks and we have a boatload of freaking leads coming in now, dude. Like our, we put a yeah. lot of time and effort on marketing. So that's where I got to credit most of it to is our marketing strategies that we're using. I'm just kind of like, if you went to a restaurant and if they price the first bottle of wine on the wine list at a thousand bucks, you go down and find the hundred dollar bottle of wine. You think you got it. Boom. We got a deal. You know, this looks good. But if they price yeah. the $21 first, you get to the hundred dollar bottle of wine. You start thinking that hundred bucks is expensive. So it's all psychology. We're working on, you know, targeting folks that are more middle upper income. Yeah. Uh, that's an easier clientele to work with. Um, yeah. I forget what, well, uh, yeah. More, more quality, upper, more quality over quantity. Yeah, dude, 100%. All right. so, so let's, uh, let's. so Dan is with First, it's called First Family Life. Uh, family First Life. I got a, most of my contracts to them and then I pretty much run my, my own agency out of it called the 360 Financial Group. We got to get it to be 369. I was thinking the same thing in my head. Dude, it's so funny that the day after I started, work, I started working with you guys. Let's go, home. let's go. I'm flying down to Puerto Vallarta. And let, let, the, hey, me, you, and Josh are gonna have to have a call. We're gonna have to have yeah. a call. The address I walked into, dude, like literally right next to me, it just said three six nine. Like shit, man, this is funny. And the oh, barbershop. I remember was, that you was, sent us the photo. We need to talk yeah. about three sixty, three sixty nine. Fine, we'll have to do a call. All right, let's. Uh, so Dan, with hold on, remind for family, family first, first. life, and Dan Trinati. And look them up. Uh, I know you're on Instagram. Are you on Facebook or anything like that? Or yeah, I should be on all the platforms. Just uh, I think TikTok and Instagram is D. Oh yeah, you love it. I love your videos. I think they're hilarious. That's where I I need to listen to it more. I need to put some more time into listening to it. But it sounds like I might need one of these IULs. And then we got to also talk to Josh and see if we can figure out how to make some money with you. But all right, um, let's uh, any any words of wisdom here. From, from um, Medellin, Colombia. Oh, I can give you guys tons of freaking wisdom on traveling, dude. I was literally thinking about getting some stuff going. There's <laughs> like a little travel agency or something. I don't know, agency or just tips and tricks when you travel. Um, I don't know, dude. Every people in the states are very freaking narrow-minded. Like some yeah. of the most narrow-minded people I ever met. I love the people in the states. That's where all my folks are, my friends and family. But the most freaking narrow-minded people out there, outside of like yeah. probably North Korea and stuff. And I don't say that. I love the country. It still is the land of the free and I freaking love it up there. But the, the more you, you hear a bunch of shit about South America yeah. and no, it's not that bad at all. It's like more liberating down here. And I think and more yeah. friendly down here than it is. Obviously Dude, no, tra- just traveling, like- traveling is the best. I, I, I traveled a lot in my twenties. I've been to about 75, hundred countries 
is some of the best times of my life. Yeah. I travel with my cousin, Lee. He's, he's a very well-known travel guy. Um, we're going to have him on the podcast. I'm going to send you that episode too. He's the one that's been to Antarctica, all 320 countries. Um, one of the youngest backpackers. Uh, he, I think he got surpassed, but he was one of the young, he was the youngest backpacker at a time to hit every single country. He did it by like 32. But um, oh all right, let's uh, let we're, we're gonna uh, put your info out there and, and reach out to Dan. He's he's the hero. He's the IUL uh, hero. Nah, I can help you. Yeah, yeah, that's right, dude. Hey, I appreciate you having me out, man. All right, thank you, Dan. Catch you later. Yeah.